They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. After a way, way, way too long hiatus, it is the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you. Football season is over in Philadelphia. Johnny Mita, what's up, brother? What's happening, Joe? How you doing? How you feeling? Good, man. I'm good. 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 You know, uh, want to apologize? Have you ring it? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, just calm, cool, collected, sitting in corn yeah. country. You know, no big deal. No big deal. You? What'd you do for New Year's? Just went out to dinner with a bunch of friends, which was excellent. You know, I feel like New Year's is so overrated. Really? It's like, yeah, yeah. I just like. Some people make this huge deal. Oh, what are we doing with it? Just, just to go out to dinner, some friends, and oh, I was nice, very, very laid back, which was good. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, yes or no? At this I stage love in the game, Jenny McCarthy does yes. Really, what? really, even at this stage in the game, even though she's uh, certainly she's jumped the shark a bit, she's on the other side of things. Hey, Mariah Carey, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, Mariah Carey is, uh, she, she's bearing it all these days, huh? No shame. Oh my God. Her That's performance great. was legendary. And she just went to Twitter and said, what happens? Oops. Guess I can't say that word. It's all good, brother. Whoops. That's what we get to edit things for on SoundCloud.com and iTunes. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's jump into it, my man. Football season over for the Philadelphia Eagles. They finish at seven yeah. and nine. We'll discuss that. The win over the Cowgirls. Uh, this weekend that uh, certainly was much needed because Dallas sucks. Um, stay and go on the roster. Some notables uh, just quickly. We've got all offseason really to digest that, but just some initial, hey, this guy's got to pack his bags. Would love to see this yeah. guy back. Free agency draft necessities. I'm sure you've got some thoughts there. And then we'll, uh, we'll at least touch on what else has been going on in the city of brotherly love, inc- including the undefeated defending national champion Villanova Wildcats. Uh, the Flyers had a winning streak while we were doing other things, not podcasting. And uh, Joel Embiid maybe is an all-star at the uh, NBA level for your Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll touch on some of that stuff towards the tail end. But Johnny Mita, let's jump right into it. Philadelphia Eagles yesterday, they get a win in their season finale. To me, 7-9 and nine sounds a hell of a lot better than 6-10. and 10. Either way, you're out of the playoffs. But 6-10 and 10 just sounds like a miserable football team. At least 7-9. and nine, you're crappy enough to be bad, but you weren't miserable. Agree? It's kind of where we expected at the start of the season. Also, when they traded Sam Bradford, when you had to start a rookie, it's very rare a rookie quarterback comes into this league and just sets the world on fire, takes the team up. Now, granted, the Cowboys have a rookie quarterback who's actually doing that, but uh, there's special circumstances there considering all the talent that is around Dak Prescott. But kind of what we expected, uh, if there's anything that this season did for us, was, boy, we're pretty far away 
and as far as the personnel department goes, and there's many holes to fill. Uh, the other question was, how is Doug Peterson going to be as a head coach in this football, you know, in the National Football League? Was he kind of over his head a little bit? I think there were instances that we did see that. But I think it was good that they got the rookie's feet wet. And he was able to play an entire season at quarterback. That's 16 games. And we haven't had a quarterback play a 16-game season in quite a while. There's some things that are good. Uh, Lane Johnson came out. You probably didn't hear this, Joe, but he believes that if he didn't get suspended for 10 games during the season, they might be in the playoffs, and he could be right. But Well, then should he should off. he quit his job? Should he be cut then? If he's the sole reason they missed the playoffs, then shouldn't there be repercussions there? Shouldn't they just have to release and, him tomorrow? Yeah, and the real world, that would happen. Yeah. And the sports world, probably not. Well, if he's a coach yeah. and, he, and he admitted to botching the season, he'd be fired tomorrow. So, I, I you know, well, whatever. Yeah, well, that's true. N- nice I to just, hear, Lane Johnson. Thanks a lot, buddy. I know. And the other thing is, I mean, just think, I, I know there's some teams, if the Redskins would have won yesterday, they would have been, that would have been three teams probably from your division in the playoffs. But I don't really think the Redskins and the Giants – are that much ahead of the Eagles as long as they address some things in the offseason. Now, the Cowboys look like they're a step above right now, but I really think we could be extremely competitive the next year as long as some things change in the personnel department. But, Johnny, Mita, I, I hear you, um, and I'm glad you addressed the division. Again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast, at Love Podcast. Uh, Eagles winning 27-13 yesterday. They finished the season 7-9. and nine. I agree with you to an extent, and I'm glad you brought up the division because right now, obviously, the Eagles finishing last in the NFC East, and you had almost three teams get in, and and if the Redskins didn't completely wet the bed yesterday, they'd probably be in as well. But I think you look at the Cowboys last year, they were 4-12. and So how much better can they really be than the Philadelphia Eagles? Nobody thought the Cowboys' defense was going to do a damn thing this year. But when you control the clock, you run the football, and you occasionally come up with a turnover or two, and you don't get gouged for 500 yards or 40 points against, all of a sudden you have a good defense. I mean, it's not that difficult. The parity in the NFL is so close that you could be one or two players away from being a 12-4 and football team if you're the Eagles. Now, is that the reality? No. As we sit here today, they're 7-9, and maybe even lucky to be that. The 3-0 and start kind of you know, through all of our expectations for a loop. They should have been 4-0 for, for, you know, to be quite frank about it. Ryan Matthews' fumble literally cost them that Detroit Lions game. If they're 4-0, I don't know. Maybe this is uh, a 9-7 and team or a 9-6 and team going into the last week of the year. Again, it's all, it's all revisionist history once it's all said and done. The thing that, again, I will keep coming back to is it's going to be the draft. What are they going to do with this draft? Uh, during the game, which you were at, Johnny Mata, they, they threw it up on Fox. The Eagles have a absolute slew of draft picks in 2018. Now, they have some in 2017, um, but they have three fourth-round picks alone in 2018. So will they get creative there, or will they keep all those picks? Again, that's not this April. That's the following April. But the point is that over the next year or two, they have more picks than they had last year. They had to trade away a ton of picks to get move up and get Carson Wentz to begin with. They should be able to make an impact in the draft. Now, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. We've seen them absolutely bomb on some picks. So, 
what are they going to do in the draft? Because they don't have a whole lot of money free agency, and they certainly gave a lot of money to their core guys, Vinnie Curry, Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, etc., this past summer. And at the time, we were all like, oh, great moves, locking up the core. I don't know anymore. So there are some question marks with this team um, that can be addressed in the draft, I think. But I just don't know if they have the people to do that. I don't know if the personnel department, the scouting staff, is good enough because they haven't proven it. As for the head coach, I don't have a clue if Doug Peterson, if Poopy Peterson knows what the hell is going on. I really don't. I will say this. The Eagles showed up and played the tail end of the season when the games were meaningless. Does that say something about the head coach? I'll leave that up to you. Bottom line is this team needs wide receiver help, needs cornerback help, needs offensive line help, and they need that immediately. I don't think you have to go out and get a running back if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. I know it's a very small sample size for guys like Smallwood and Barner and right on down the line, okay? I, I get that. But at the end of the day, when those guys come in, they seem like they can run the football. So I don't know that you have to go out and draft a running back or you have to go out and sign a running back. Can you get by with a combination of Sproles, Smallwood, Barner? Who the hell was the guy playing yesterday? Watson? Terrell Watson? I mean, they were plugging guys in and rushing for 100 yards late in the season. So I think that position is stabilized. I love what Carson Wentz brought over the course of the year. Would I like to see him take less hits? Yes. Would I like to see more balanced play calling? Yes. But I think there are, you know, the, you mentioned the word experience with Carson Wentz. I, I don't think that can be overstated enough, just how valuable this year was for him. But I'm sick and tired of missing the playoffs, to be quite frank. And 7-9 and nine ain't good enough. So they've got a draft in April to figure it out and an offseason to figure it out, second year with the coaches and the schemes, et cetera. There are no more excuses. This football team must get better immediately. Yeah, you're completely right. Um, what My question is, and you brought up a point, you don't think they should have a running back, or you don't think it's necessary to draft one, but what do you think would be more valuable, a number one wide receiver or a number one running back that could do everything? Wide receiver. It's not even close. That. Doug Peterson has shown he wants to throw the football. So you have to have help on the outside. And if you have Jordan Matthews and Doriel Green Beckham and, and your boy Nelson Aguilar's complimentary pieces, I think you're okay. But you need an absolute number one wide receiver. And if you're going the draft for that route, you're not going to find one. They're too far and few between, few and far between as far as year one impact guys. It just doesn't happen often enough. You've got to find, either through trade or through free agency, a guy that can catch 75-plus footballs, plain and simple. That is the number one need offensively for this team. And then it's the offensive line. I put running back at, like, the third-tier option. All right? That, 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 that's me. Now, we got a couple other things you want to get into about the Eagles, all right? You got a quick stay and go. A couple guys that got to find their way to Philadelphia International Airport. A couple guys that definitely have to be back as part of this team moving forward. Yeah. I would say there's a couple, and I'll get your opinion. Um, I'll just start uh, with some of the guys who are in the last year of their deal, or you know they could be cut. Um, but first, let's start off with uh, I don't know who, who, who do you think would be the biggest. Well, name? Connor Barwin is the say, biggest name being talked about now. He said he'll he'll restructure, he'll take a pay cut to stay. That opens up my eyes because for weeks I thought he was done. Um, is he produced? Yeah. Did he produce late in the year? No. But if he's willing to come back for cheap, I don't see why not. I love the guy, so I'm biased there. Gotcha. What about Jason Peters? I would say stay. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl this year. I think we could 
get one more good year out of him and keep adding to the depth of our offensive line. So I would keep it. That's fine. I'm fine. If Jason Peters is, you know, he's willing to come back, he's, you know, it doesn't kill you to have him come back. I just don't know you're going to go out in the street and find somebody better. I know his best days are probably behind him, but I think the yeah. guys respect him. He's obviously, again, a pro bowler, whatever the hell that means these days. But, yes, I would say yeah. bring Jason Peters back. But absolute last rodeo. No more of this. Yep. Yep. Jason Kelsey, for me, he's got to go. I know that people have talked about on the radio, on the airways here in Philadelphia, that he's had, like, a really good season uh, towards the latter part. He's played much better towards the end of the season. But for me, I think he's a quality guy. You know, he's been a good eagle. But at the same time, I just think he's too light. He weighs 270 pounds. I know he's athletic and can get out of the screen game. But at the same time, when you're getting pass rushed by 330-pound nose tackles and D tackles and you get pushed into the middle, that just sets – the pocket just collapses. And I, I just – I think we can do a better job there. I think we can upgrade, and it could be, you know, that answer could be Isaac Sumalo. It's already on Sulamalo. I'm sorry. It's already on the team. So I I would get rid of Jason Kelsey. I'm I'm fine with that. I have no issue there. Um, I'm kind of tired of his act, you know, to be honest. He hasn't exactly been quiet, Uh, whether it's been, hey, self-reflective, like I need to be better or just speaking out about other things. So I have no problem if they move on from Jason Kelsey, especially if the answer is internal. If they're confident they can slide over, uh, you know, the young kid, Suomalo, then that's fine. I have no problem with that move. What else you got? Uh, next one I got is Michael Kendricks. What do you do with Absolutely this Absolutely pack uh, his bags for him. Take care. I didn't even know he was on the football team. Did he play yesterday? Did he play? I didn't hear his name mentioned once. No, no. Yeah, got to go. Got to go. Uh, you know, let's look at, uh, what about Benny Logan? What about Benny Logan? Benny Logan. He's got to go because I just think he wants too much money. Well, he wants too much money. He's going to get paid. I mean, somebody's going to drop their pants and pay that guy a ton of money. Good luck. And at this point we have so much money invested in our defensive line, which I think has kind of weakened some of the other positions. Let's just say like corner. Uh, I don't think we can afford to pay him. Maybe we can find somebody in the, the later rounds of the draft to do the same type of job that he's done. Yep. Nice take, take a hike. Take a very hike. Very good. But at the same time, uh, offensively, I would love to get rid of Nelson Aguilar. He's gone. There's no chance in hell that they're going to get rid of him due to the salary cap number next season. So you don't think you can move him for even a fifth-round pick? Let me ask you a question. If you're a general manager in the National Football League, would you take him for a fifth round pick? Yeah, you know, if the the one guy that would that I would I would literally call him immediately would be Bill Belichick. Yeah, because he yeah. tries to he takes any type of reclamation project, especially a character guy like Aguilar, and by character I mean, you know, he his track record doesn't scream arrest. Now, granted, he had an incident this summer, but all indications yeah. are coming out of USC. Decent yeah. human being. He's just soft as baby poop. Right. Right. If I can find a way to unload him, I would. I would love to see this team. The only wide receiver on this team that I would keep would be Jordan Matthews. Really? And I think they need. Yeah. I wouldn't keep anybody else, man. DGB's a dog. I'm sorry. The guy's a dog. <laughs> You're not offending me. Screw that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce Treggs. Uh, 
you know, Paul Turner, could he be a fourth, fifth wide receiver, play some special teams on your football team? Absolutely. But they need a number one and number two. And honestly, I would love to see them put Matthews back in the slot. I think he'd be one of the most effective big-time slot receivers if you could get, you know, two other receivers. I think that's what they need. All right, free agency in the draft. We'll have plenty of time as the offseason moves yeah. along to address them. But quickly, what jumps out to you? Well, I mean, drafting. First-round pick, it either has to be a number one wide receiver or a number one cornerback. I don't want to hear – I've heard all the talk, all these idiots around here talking about, oh, you take the best player available if it's, uh, you know, that defensive tackle. No. No, this team has glaring needs, and when you're in the top 15, you should be able to pick out a corner or a wide receiver that is going to make an immediate impact on your football team. Honestly, if there's two receivers I like in this draft, Mike Williams out of Clemson, Corey Davis out of Western Michigan, both I think are going to be number one wide receivers in the NFL, but I would strongly consider taking either one of those guys if they're there. But cornerback, man, there's, this is a great draft. Four cornerbacks, uh, we need that lockdown corner. Not only do you have to have one really good lockdown corner, but this is a passing league. We need three new corners, in my opinion. And I don't know if you've heard the news. They're in negotiations. Yeah, on the Nolan yeah, Carroll. Yeah. Like, hey, Greg, I think, hey, get, here's number? the problem. I think Nolan Carroll heard that as well with the game he played yesterday. Uncle. Yeah. So um, that's where they got to go. I know everybody's worried about the offensive line, but I, I, I think we found a couple guys that look like they can play. You know, Vitae, obviously his start of the season going against Ryan Kerrigan was pretty ugly, but then he seemed to come around. And the name that I'll have trouble pronouncing again, Isaac Suomalo, um, it looks like he can play any position on the line. He did in college. He played center. He played guard. He played tackle. So there is some depth there. Um there's just we we got to get corners and wide receivers, and we have to do it through both free agency and the draft, and that's where they got to look. I know you don't want to draft for need, but God darn it, one time, one time, one time, could we figure out what the need is and get a stud? Could we just have that happen one time where we hit on a first round draft pick and the defensive back? I mean, one time, God, the last time we drafted a good D back was Lito Shepard. And shot him down. And they went in the first and second rounds. And you know what year that was, Joe? 1999. 2001. Yeah. Yeah. 16 years ago. 16 years. Brutal. Let me just, can I just add this? Did I mention yet I hate this football team? Like just watching them (sighs) yesterday, I just hate them. I hate them so much. Um, Thank you. Honestly, like if. Thank goodness for Mark Sanchez. If the Eagles had lost that game yesterday, I just would have been so rattled. Like, the Cowboys go in there. They play their third string everybody. They go into your building and win a game. They don't even care if they win. That just would have been awful. You know, at least least you go two and four in the division now. You're not a total grease fire. Stay out of that 10-loss kind of area. Um, It it just, that was my, those are my thoughts going in. Like, just don't blow this game. Find a way to get it done. They did 27-13. So, at least I feel a little bit better about about life today. I, I, got an, yeah. I got an analogy for you. All right, Zach Ertz had one of his typical meaningless monster games yesterday. We see this a lot from Zach Ertz. Um, yeah. Zach Ertz reminds me of Ryan Howard in August. 
When you need Zach Ertz early in the year, when actually the weather's nice outside, he's either injured or he's in the witness protection program. When it comes to December and you're playing within the division and nobody cares and they'll give you everything underneath, Zach Ertz is a 12-catch machine. You, I just book him for a dozen catches. But I just, it's like Ryan Howard in August. All of a sudden, he wakes the hell up. What, why? Can Zach Ertz stay? Can we put Zach Ertz in bubble wrap in July and August of next year so that in September, maybe he can get off to a decent start? Because he, he, he teases the hell out of you with a game like yesterday, and last season we saw the same thing. I was going to go pull his December numbers. I bet you he's the best receiver in all of football in the month of December the last three years. I, I would almost <laughs> bet my, my freaking – what, what gives? at Washington yes. two years ago? Yes, so I'm saying. It's like it a like, dozen catches, yeah. 200 yards. Yeah. Like what, what's his deal? Where is that in September, yeah. October? And why the hell did we re-sign Brent Selleck if he wasn't going to play football this year? Yeah. Selleck's another guy That's they enough. gave a contract extension to last year. Jenkins, Selleck, Johnson, right? I'm not missing that. Didn't Brent Selleck sign a new yeah. deal? Yeah. And yeah. then he played the yeah. fewest snaps of his life this season. It felt like. Yeah. I don't get it. Poopy Peterson stinks. That's what it comes back to. One final thing on, on, this, on this unbelievable head coach, Jeffrey Lurie, hand-picked where nobody else cared. So yesterday, Carson went through the ball 43 more times, right? He broke the franchise record for passing attempts. All right. Did you see that he threw 612 career, career attempts at North Dakota State? Yeah. I think 612. They put that up on the big screen yesterday at the game. So yeah. is there such a thing for quarterbacks as like uh, arm fatigue? What do they call that in baseball? Yeah. Tired arm. Does, is, does Wentz, is, does he have a jelly arm coming into camp next year? I, sw- I swear, John Mita, if mini camp, if they open mini camp and he's on like a, a workload, like a threshold, like a pitch count, I will snap. Yeah. Because Poopy Peterson put this guy in harm's way in the preseason. Then he anointed him the starter. And then he made him throw the ball more than anybody else in the history of freaking football, pretty much. Like, what were they thinking this year? Especially in that game, he's getting, first of all, he's got to learn to take hits. He's always trying to draw penalties now, so he's diving anytime somebody touches him. He's going to separate his shoulders just by flopping. He takes these soccer-style <laughs> flops. Like, come on now, man. Come on, man. I just don't get oh, it. I want man. more balance. I want more yeah. balance to the offense. All right, I'm done. I'm with it. I'm with it, dude. We always said that. This team needs another star running back. No, they have running backs. No, they don't. Yes, they do. When Ryan Matthews was in the lineup this year, this was a fine football team running. They were a fine okay, football team running the ball. When Ryan Matthews yes. was in the when lineup. When Ryan Matthews is in the lineup, they were a fine team right. running the ball. Right. Well, we got to find a new answer because he ain't coming back. I'll tell you that he's definitely on that list of not coming back. Well, we'll see. And then you got, and then you got Wendell Smallwood. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot to be done. Let's just, uh, let's just hope Howie and the new Baltimore brass people in the front office that he brought in these guys, guys names Childress, if, if they can, they can do some. As long as he's not related to Brad Childress, we're in good shape. All right, uh, Villanova men's basketball, baby, fourteen and zero for the Nash. Talk to me. What are you seeing? They beat Creighton eighty to seventy. They got some big games. When's the next tip off? Wednesday, I believe. 
Wednesday at Butler. Talk to me, Goose. And that, uh, well, that's that's so this team has been playing very well all year. Um, they're ranked number one in the nation, and for good reason. They're every deserving of being the number one. Anytime, it's amazing to watch these guys play. I think the reason what separates this team from many others in college basketball is just they care and that they love one another. And nobody cares if they're the leading scorer that night. They don't care. They're a selfless basketball team. They play their best when they're sharing the basketball. And it's just amazing. And then they have that senior leadership. Last year, Daniel Ochefo and Ryan Archie Diacono, those guys carried the team because they were trusted seniors. And when people weren't doing their jobs, they would get in their face. And the same can be said about this team with the return of Chris Jenkins and Josh Hart. Josh Hart right now. Player of the year. He Book lo- it. He looks like it. He looks like it. Now, there's a great freshman on Kentucky named Malik Monken. Oh, God. Forget years. it. He's a one please, and done. Please. You don't give player of the year to a, a loser like that. Josh no, Hart embodies what college basketball is all about. Uniform. Yeah. No, but yes, Josh Hart, the reason why I think he's going to get it is because there's been several games this year where things have gotten tight and he has just taken over the basketball game. And they had a great win against Crane. Crane had a couple transfers. Crane's a top 10 team. They went in there. They took a punch in the mouth being the number one team. They're down like 24 to 14. They claw their way back. They go up a point at halftime. And when it came down to the last five minutes, this team is so poised down the stretch within under five minutes. They win close ball games, and that's what makes a great basketball team. And Jay Wright's done another excellent coaching job. Uh, the one negative thing that we're hearing these days here on the main line is that Phil Booth, uh, the guard that was the star in the national championship, he was named, uh, I guess he was named the MVP um, when he had 20 points against North Carolina. He's been battling a knee injury. Uh, his family and some other people are in. It's, there's a strong possibility that they might put him on the shelf. He might redshirt this year, which, again, takes away from their depth. Yeah. They would have non-solid players. Right now, they're playing about seven guys, uh, you know, right now. And if they had him in the lineup, that would just add to their depth. They're still going to make – I believe they're totally – that they're going to be able to make a long run again this year. But if he has to be redshirted, that could pose trouble. And then, obviously, the NCAA taking away the freshman from this team, Amari Spellman, that, that has hurt them as well. But they're rolling, man. They're on fire. This is going to be a tough game at Butler. Never an easy place to play. If they can find a way to get another win under their belt at Butler, uh, this team could, you know, reel off 20 straight wins. And the, the crazy stat that I saw is, their year end, they have they went like thirty seven and th- or they've lost like three games in a year. Yeah, I think it was like thirty three and four or something, which is the most. Yeah, it's you know most ever to do that crazy was like, like that, yeah. yeah, it's 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 incredible. So this program is at an all time high right now. They keep the thing rolling, and uh, it's just glad you know you're just you're just a happy fan, and they also have that look. You know, no one's repeated in the NCAA. It's very hard to do. The last team to do it was uh, the University of Florida when they had, like, five guys go to the NBA. But this team just has that feel that they are not going to be denied. They just have that – they hate to lose. They have that attitude, and uh, it's great to see. All right, well said. Villanova Wildcats undefeated. They take the court again Wednesday. 
As for the Philadelphia Flyers, they have worked their way into a playoff spot. We were uh, not in podcast land while they rattled off, what was it, 10 in a row? Uh, yeah. One of the best streaks in Flyers history, so nice to see Philadelphia getting it together. On the ice, 20-14-5, the Flyers' record through 39 games. They are right now in a playoff spot. Shows you just how crazy it is in the NHL and, and really secondary to that, almost how far the Flyers kind of bury themselves with that somewhat slow start because you win 10 in a row and now you, you, you only have a three-point cushion now a few days later. A few, you know, what was it, 10 days ago they had that winning streak. 10 days later, roughly, you have just a three-point cushion for a playoff spot. So um, it's tough sledding in the National Hockey League right now. Again, the Flyers six games over five hundred. They are the second and final wild card team currently, and they have a three-point lead over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has one game in hand, so at least the Flyers have put themselves in a spot now. We'll see if they can continue their trend oh, up with Dave Haxtell's group. And look at their division now that with hockey's realignment. So well, to speak. Hey, Bubba, no, it, they're, not your, they're not your father's Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, God. It's they have won 15 in a row. If the Columbus Blue Jackets break the NHL record winning streak, I might just streak around West Des Moines naked. God, who was coaching them, by the way? Tortorella. Oh, okay. And he ditched ditch the morning skates. He made all their morning skates optionals. When they play on a 7 o'clock at night, every team usually yeah. skates at 10, you know, home team skates at 10, yeah. visiting team like 11, 15. He's literally told yeah. them, don't skate if you don't want to skate. I don't care. He goes... We ask you to come in skate once a day every other day, so why on a game day would you have you, have you skate twice? Now, morning skates have been in yeah. hockey for the better part of like three decades. Yeah. And he is literally bucking the trend. I don't I don't want to say that's why they're winning, but they've got a good thing going right now in Columbus. They're getting great depth scoring. Bobrovsky, remember him, playing on real. Oh, yeah. They're getting contributions from their young players. Zach Wawrenski might win the Calder Trophy this year on a blue line for them. I mean, they are – they're lights out, man. I have no idea how or why, other than those things I just noted. But uh, 15 in a row for Columbus. Well, you know this much, they're making the playoffs, so that's one less spot now in the Metropolitan that you might have considered up for grabs otherwise. The Rangers, the Penguins, the Flyers are all going to be battling for basically two spots and then the wild card. So it ain't going to be easy sledding for Dave Haxnell's group. And I see, again, the Flyers' 10-game winning streak or whatever it was, put them in a spot to at least be in the conversation. Because if they hadn't gone on that run – You'd be post-Christmas break with a lot of work to do. So at least they're they're in a spot now. They've got a little bit of leeway finally. Absolutely. All right, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Flyers, just like, it's just impressive to see these young guys, and specifically Ian Provorov. I remember when, you, when I asked you, because you're our hockey guy, obviously, and I was like, well, how good is Provorov? You just said this guy is going to be a stud. He's going to get up to the league very quickly, and he is not disappointed. Yeah. And he plays more minutes than anybody. I mean, the guy's just sick. I mean, he he shuts down the opposing team's best player. I mean, he's just been phenomenal. I know. And if you can get, if you can keep Gostas Bear, you know, trending upward. I know there's a little bit of a dip year one to year two, but really, what could we expect? Uh, he had such yeah. a great fifty game run or whatever with the Flyers. If you can get Provorov and Gostas Bear. For the next decade, playing at you know kind of all star level, top top four type level. I mean, look at what the Blackhawks did with Duncan Keith and Brett uh, Brent Seabrook. I'm not control, I'm not con- comparing yeah. those players, but when you start uh, to have two point. pairs 
you can put out there. You know, they added like a Nicholas Jolmerson that you develop into that steady right. defense. If you have if you have four defensemen in the NHL, you can go to the conference finals a hell of a lot. You don't need six. Six is great. You don't need six. You need four. Yeah. And right now yeah. with Provorov and Gossis Bear, I'm not saying you play them together. I'm just saying like if those two make up your top four, you pretty much have four defensemen now because those pairings are going to be solid with those guys. So, that again, that's the long-term kind of generalizing picture for me on the Flyers when it can start on defense like that with, uh, you know, decade-type blue liners that are essentially homegrown. That's when you can start to be good for a while. Absolutely. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. Hey. Let's get on yeah, out of man. here. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back in a week or so, whatever it is. Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes. Download us. Stream us. Tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. We love the love and support. Happy 2017, Johnny Maiden, to all of our supporters out there. Yep. Chip Kelly fired, buddy. I don't know if you heard <laughs> that name. I think, I think about this time last year we were talking about how he was unemployed as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'd still take him over Poopy Peterson. Got to go. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, Johnny May, you're the man. Be good. Yeah, see you, buddy. All right, appreciate all the love and support. SoundCloud.com. Till next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. 